Welcome back to the Jojatorium. Once I think number two, whenever uh, it was, we found the the German Scheiser porn. Let's not lie to each other. You're in twerk classes over there. That's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fitness class. Working on them TikTok videos you like so much. Dead face. Got right in front of you. Welcome back to the Jojatorium. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt, and uh, we are always way more extreme on the second night. So, it's officially spooky season, and our friends over at Halloween is Forever are preparing for battle. These ghouls rip each other to shreds over some of the most iconic and some not-so-iconic films and TV shows to see who can reign supreme as the Duke of Spook. If you haven't checked this podcast out yet, this is the best time to get into the fun because the ultimate Halloween showdown is scheduled for the end of October. Check out all the minisodes every Monday leading up to the big showdown episodes every month. Just follow Halloween is Forever on all social media to find out what these specters are tearing into next. Just make sure you tell them the boy sent you. So, Adam, we're back. And I'm worried about you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a bunch of guys in their mid-30s that stay up till 6.30 in the morning drinking cheap beer. Yeah. Oh, I finished a bottle. Of, came down this morning, and yeah. there was just an empty bottle of Jameson in the m- middle of the bar, too. And you're not like a big Jameson person. Either. No, I hate it. It makes me sick. Actually, no, it was um, it wasn't Jameson. It was the better thing, uh, proper twelve. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oddly enough, like I don't know if I'm like saying this right or not, but I think like proper twelve is a little thinner than Jameson, and Jameson just kind of like I don't know. It, it has like that paper taste. I get it. a weird aftertaste. Yeah, out of Jameson, I'm a yeah. huge fan of that. But yeah, um, yeah, I feel like a, a slightly rehydrated, uh, lukewarm dog turd right now. Great. So this should be a great episode. <laughs> Just make sure you take the uh, the recovery pills that Dennis from First at Brewbox gives you. I took uh, I took two packs of them. Couldn't beat couldn't beat the nope. proper twelve though. <laughs> proper twelve. I think there was a triple IPA in there somewhere last night. Thankfully, I kept my hands off of the uh, crushed by the hands of God. That the we one still had left. you're aging. Oh my no, it wasn't the aging one. I found one in a. Uh, a, a beer case <laughs> that I threw in the cooler when I figured out who was coming over last night. But, wow. Yeah, it yeah. was a night. It was a night. Yeah. Uh, so now you're you're just fueled by bang energy drinks and hopes and yeah. I, I it's like I'm 13 all over again. Like puberty's on the horizon. <laughs> it's uh, I'm fueled completely on a bang energy drink right now and uh, beef links jerky or what? Jack uh, Jack links Jack, Jack links jerky. So you're you're kind Ooh, of, here we go. So what you're telling me is that if you were an inanimate object, you would be a UFC fighters fight kit from 2007. Yeah. <laughs> with broken dry- drywall all around me yes that's right kyle i basically today i have the diet of a pimple <laughs> <laughs> well stay together don't pop because we are in round one and i know that you always bring some of the best beers so we got it's round one we got some beers put them together we got round one beers what we got yay more drinking yeah i'm gonna i'm your bad habit in human form continue to consume <laughs> 
Somebody send me to rehab. Oh, we need a welfare check. We need a welfare check. <laughs> well, this one that I'm just going to inject straight into my veins is Revenge of the Hippies by Drecker Brewing Company. And they are out of somewhere in North Dakota. Hold on. Let me spin the can. They're from B- Bismarck, North Dakota. Oh, good old Bismarck. Fargo. I tried to make it up. It's Fargo, North yeah. Dakota. But well, uh, usually love their, usually love their IPAs. So I'm really excited to share this one with you. Uh, and so uh, Drecker, and if you guys aren't familiar with Drecker, it's uh, D-R-E-K-K-E-R. Uh, so Drecker is really known for sours and their IPAs. Their IPAs. So we're uh, really excited to have this one here. So if you want to find out what's going on with Drecker, all you have to do is uh, search them out on all social media. I haven't seen a platform they're not on. And again, it's D-R-E-K-K-E-R to see what's going on in their brew house. Uh, and again, we are going to have Revenge of the Hippies double IPA. Yeah, and this is um, not from anywhere local. I've, I've been really busy this week and I slacked. So this is just one out of my Tavor box. Thanks, Tavor. And thank you for your pending sponsorship. We look forward to the discount code we can give to our listeners. So this is definitely a New England double IPA by looking at it. Um, it was brewed with oats and spelt and hopped with mosaic, citra, azeca. And then we hit it with something totally new to us. Mosaic Spectrum, which is a crazy new dry hop variety. So I don't know. It yeah. should be a loads of mosaic, apparently. The mos- Yeah. I was going to say, you could have said mosaic and stopped because that's the most dominant thing here. And the. Oh, that, holy fuck. That's yeah, good. It's really good. And you would think for a double coming out with a lot of that experimental style of Spectre hop that it would be a little more bitey. The end of it kind of is, but it's, it's, I think it's juicy, fruity. It's right after I said, holy fuck, that's good, I got this weird sweetness that I didn't like, and then it bailed off into that bitterness at the end. It's almost a little too sweet for me, but mm-hmm. it's just that's the style. That's not anything they did wrong. That's just New England's, and some of them are sweet. I don't know. There might be. I don't think it says it contains lactose, but almost. I just get that yeah. subtle sweetness, and that's why I was, I was actually kind of liking it because it was breaking up the the first initial smack of the mosaic when you take that uh, initial sip. Now it's it's becoming more dominant as it's coating my tongue. Um, it does taste like they're if, if there's not lactose, they found some other way to sneak lactose in and some other kind of name because that's what it tastes like yeah. to me. And since the, uh, since they're not local and <laughs> won't hear this, I will say it pairs well with the burp ups of some yeah. Jack Links, some Bang, <laughs> some Proper Twelve, and about seven hams. Yeah, that's right, hams. H a m m s, bitches. I had a lot of those last night. <laughs> yeah, hams are dominant in the Jojo's I just have never felt more regretful about a night of drinking. Yeah, but you had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're here with me. And now I'm going to have like three bad days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> because gonna, of my good time. And I'm going to make you drink more. <laughs> because if you don't know, we'll talk about a couple beers while we're on the microphone. And we have several other beers while we wait around for the first beers. Hells yeah. So while we're sipping on this delicious double IPA from uh, Drecker, we are going to go over Extreme Rules 2021 for a little bit of a recap now let me just say this off the rip before i even get into this extreme rules that's quite a misconception for this card because if you look back to every extreme rules card prior to this one there usually at least half of it is bloody and brutal and there's there's something memorable like some big spot that happens in extreme rules and the big spot that happened in this one which we'll get to 
was, I believe, very close to the exploding death wire, death barbed wire, what match, whatever the fuck in AEW. <laughs> no, the sparklers, they sting. So Terrible. extreme yeah, rules. There's nothing extreme about this. No, not at all. But extreme rules did kick off with a fantastic match to get the crowd started. So much akin to AEW, they uh, WWE does this thing where they put on a, a good warrant match, like a like a buy in, but they don't. That's what they call it. I, I guess it would be. I think they just call it a pre show. Yeah, pre show. Uh, we a saw pre shower. Little pre shower. We saw Liv Morgan taking on Carmella. Uh, <clears throat> it's weird because we haven't seen we haven't seen a lot of Liv Morgan. For a while, we've seen a lot of Carmella. Is she still playing like the uh, Joker's girlfriend gimmick? Kinda. I mean, Harley Quinn. Yeah, she dresses. She dresses like S and M style a lot. Um, But I will say this about Liv Morgan: for as much as we haven't seen, she's probably working on that real estate thing she's got going on. Wasn't that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure she's dating Bo Dallas. Eh, Not a bad choice, man. Bo's a good-looking cat. No. No. Yeah. But he's out of his league. That's good for him. Man. Yeah, totally, totally. Liv, Liv Morgan's very attractive. I like Bo Dallas. I think he's a good looking dude. Mm. <laughs> so Liv Morgan takes on Carmella here uh, for a singles match. It lasted almost eight minutes, uh, which is a good spotlight for these two. Carmella, um, very, I think she's kind of underrated in the women's division. She's been putting some pretty tough angles to because ultimately, I think Carmella has been the sacrificial lamb to the champions for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So she's gone through several transformations and now I, I kind of feel like she's mid carding a little bit, which isn't a bad thing. Cause I think she can thrive there for a while before she gets back into the title picture. That's, yeah. That's better than getting squashed all the time. Yeah. Least. All the time. Uh, or getting your ass beat by uh, someone who returned after two years of absence to then watch that person win a belt in 26 seconds. But is that Jill Goldberg? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Make it a shirt. Making a shirt. <laughs> so, uh, Liv Morgan has – there's no unique offense here. It's just very steady offense between the two. Uh, Liv Morgan controlled a majority of this match. Carmella got in some offense here and there. But realistically, this was a showcase for Liv Morgan uh, for her first pay-per-view match since – I want to say she was in the ladder match for Money in the Bank. That's probably – yeah, that's yeah. probably right. And I haven't seen her since then. So this is a good showcase for Liv Morgan. And not to say Carmella faltered here, but she did get defeated – uh, pretty handedly by Liv Morgan. I'd actually kind of like to see a feud between these two because I think they could put on a pretty good show in a bigger match. Matt, you know they can't do feuds in the women's division unless there's a belt on the line. That's true. My bad. What are stories for? <laughs> well, speaking of not having any stories, we go real, real quick. Yeah, my brain is like mashed taters today. Yeah, and I could do better putting these fucking things together than the fucking <laughs> WWE. Good lord, just lock me in a room with a keg, Vince, and I'll fucking yeah. give you some gold. There's a t- like. And a lot of brown. <laughs> yeah, some gold. a ton of brown. <laughs> Jack links don't sit very well in that sea of bang you put in there. <laughs> I got the rosé bang, too. It's like my favorite. It's really good. Oh, it's so dry. It's so good. I'm trying to find that champagne one. Though, I still man. haven't found it. The rosé is the closest thing I can yep. find. <laughs> All day rosé. Uh, I, I was like, yeah, maybe that's what it's called. It's frosé rosé. Frosé rosé. It's good, man. It's I, in the girliest can, and I yeah. do not care. And I, pink and purple and mm-hmm. white. You know what, though? I have a man bun. I don't give up. Shit. This is how good Extreme Rules was. We're just going to keep going yeah. to my Jack Link's obsession. <laughs> uh, so, but we're going back to talk about no storylines, really. We had in the first official match to kick off, uh, 
the card for Extreme Rules, the, the New Day, consisting of Big E, Kofi Kingston, and, and Xavier Woods, taking on Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. Yeah. Don't really know how this all came together. Uh, well, Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles are really tight. They go uh, base jumping on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, so. off of Omos's shoulders. <laughs> uh, let me just I at one point, too, I think I had, I tweeted this, and I said, you know, if you look at this, Big E and Bobby Lashley are two gigantic men. They are huge. They look like children compared to almost. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's a big, big boy. And all I wanted to see was Big E and almost go at it, and you had to wait so long in this match. This match was almost 19 minutes long. Um, but it was, it was nice because you kind of saw this match as Kofi Kingston handing off the torch of the New Day to Big E. Because for a while there, Kofi Kingston was the figurehead of right. the New Day. But he handed off the Big E, which very deserved so. Uh, also, too, because I think everybody on the other team has manhandled Kofi Kingston at some point. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. And then Xavier Woods is just, you know, sent out there to play with his tromboner in the corner. Yeah. Well, er- every faction needs a D'Lo Brown. Everybody needs- Don't. No, sir. What? D'Lo Brown is way better. He w- yeah. held the European Championship. Absolutely. Dude, that was the best gimmick ever, too. Let's see, we're going to get off topic. Yeah. yeah. But that was the best gimmick ever because he kept pretending he was from different countries. <laughs> but getting the facts all wrong. Yeah. Oh, my God. I miss old WWE. So I bad. do, too. But uh, no, I, I'm not saying in, in terms of skill set. I'm saying that, you know, if you look at a faction, there has to be one person in your faction that has to take losses to, like, kind of show that your faction is beatable. Yeah, I guess that was D'Lo. I, was I can't D-Lo, think of yeah. who else was in that. I know uh, I can Ron Simmons, The Rock, and Dealer, but there was another guy. Oh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry was yeah, in he there wasn't too. Lost. And then uh, uh, the guy, um, he was ended up being the Godfather later. Oh yeah, he was in there. Yeah, too. he was in there too. Mustafa. Well, no, no, Mustafa. Mustafa Ali. No, no, no. no, no I'm sorry. That's, that's, new, that's a new guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was D'Lo Brown taking some taking some losses, but they ended up like Vince felt bad and gave him that European Championship that no one knows where the fuck that is anymore. Yeah, um, but to go back to this and match. they went on to cripple draws. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to this match. <laughs> uh, the New Day defeats Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and almost by pinfall, which you kind of saw that coming because the New Day have... <laughs> the New Day has so much momentum right now. Uh, Biggie with the championship and Kofi and Woods are kind of working towards a possible tag team championship at some point here. I think it's time yeah. to put something. It's time to like drape them back in gold again, which would be really cool. Um, this match wasn't anything to write home about, but again, to the big highlight for me here was watching Kofi Kingston hand the torch over to Big E as a leader of the New Day faction. Very cool. So we move on to another tag match here with the Usos. That's Jay and Jimmy Uso taking on the Street Profits with uh, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford for the. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Um, first and foremost, the storyline here is that the Usos absolutely beat the shit out of Montez Ford a couple nights prior oh. and wrecked his ribs. I mean, this guy, he was taped up old DDP style. The big gauze around the waist, nowhere near your ribs, uh, like feigning the injury. Montez Ford's fantastic. DDP had that thing on for like eight months. I know. Dude, how long are your ribs bruised for? Probably a long time, but probably not eight months. Maybe if yeah. you stopped wrestling for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Do some of that yoga. I did see Montez Ford's big table spot on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Where he just, it looked like he was stepping up to like jump off of it. I believe onto Roman Reigns at the time. Yeah. And he just stepped up on it and it boop, just collapsed. Yeah. Well, we're, we're talking about too. Those tables are janky as shit now, man. 
Like, it, I don't know, Vince. Are you also selling all the prop tables and getting these ones from the, the VFW? These things are terrible. Just like the cardboard cutouts from IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one put these things together, man. It was like some. It was some dude in the back who's like, "We give him twenty bucks." <laughs> we're all we're all out of nails in the nail budget. Just zip tie these things together. <laughs> you know how we put together the Hell in the Cell back there, Mankind and Undertaker? Just do the same shit to the to the tables. They're only going to walk on it. Yeah, that's all, really. So the Usos, spoiler alert, of course, but like the Usos defeat the Street Profits here, which you kind of know has to happen. Um, but that's not to say the Street Profits didn't put on a great show. Um, Montez Ford was isolated for majority of the close to 14 minutes of this match. Uh, great storytelling by the competitors. I don't think that that was what was meant to happen in the storylines, but I think before all the... Uh, all the wrestlers came out. They said, "Let's let's make this like a tragedy of a loss," which was they did. Uh, they isolated Montez Ford, stomped the shit out of him. Really, he really sold the rib injury very well. Um, and you're kind of waiting for some heel style stuff to happen. But realistically, when you look at this whole thing, despite some like hinky things here and there, the Usos won clean, huh. which is is cool um, because at some point. Much like we talked about Britt Baker, you don't want your heels to only win doing heel shit. You want them to win clean sometimes. Right. Uh, Make them look like athletes. Yeah, formidable. So that's what happened here. Uh, Great match. I like this is probably the best tag match I've seen on a pay-per-view for a while for the WWE. Um, yeah, it looked yeah. like a real highlight reel. And I love the Street Profits finisher. I forget what they call it, but it's like a block. uh, uh, What's his name used to do it? Oh, fuck. When you do dances... Nobody can see him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, but I, I also know. I also have Buff Bagwell. Oh. Buff Bagwell <laughs> used to mashed potatoes, folks. My brains are You love dudes potatoes. with broken necks. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, no. Anyway, uh he did a blockbuster which was like that over the top and you like do a neck breaker on the other side. He would do it off the second rope. Oh yeah, but they, yeah. Montez the Street Profits do it off dock and shoulders and he like jumps up over, he gets so much height. Ford gets so much height on that, and then they blockbuster him back. I love that move, and it's he hits it spot on every time. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's kind of weird, too, because when you go back and you look at the Street Profits' last good rivalry, it was with the Viking Raiders, and it was so misplayed. Yeah. That should have been raw. That tag. stuff should have been hot. That yeah, been, yeah, absolutely. They were playing, like, fucking pickup basketball yeah. in the back. I mean, it was dumb. So I... The Street Profits are not done in the championship scene, but they're going to have to go back and beat somebody up. And, I mean, with the with the draft coming up, who knows what's going to happen with that. But I think that uh, the Street Profits are going to do something really cool very soon. Yeah, well, I'm guessing we'll be covering that next week, huh? I would hope so. Because that starts Friday. We're yeah. recording this on Thursday. So, yeah. so October 1st. We will, when you're hearing this, we will be in the throngs of spooky season and that also brings the draft about so yeah, yeah we'll be we'll be right so in the we'll be able to cover the smackdown draft and i'm sure they're doing some drafting on raw so. yeah so it's october 1st and october there 4th go. there yep. we go we'll be covering that next week so uh the next match here which i was worried about uh charlotte flair putting the raw women's championship on the line against alexa bliss um alexa bliss of course you know is always accompanied by uh i don't I, I Raggedy guess, Ann? Yeah. I mean, can you call it a company? She kind of like just brings it down. Like, Lily. I mean, she she's the she's the she's the Walmart version of the Fiend. She's like the good value a, version of the Fiend. It's such a stupid angle because yeah. it's the whole. It's like one of the worst horror movie franchises, and they're just ripping it off. It's Annabelle. Yeah, that's but it. it's 
kit it up even more yeah. for this horse shit. How the hell did Alexa Bliss go from spitting black goo out of her head at WrestleMania to having a doll that looks like I stitched it drinking with you? Like, I don't. That's what happens when you have 11-year-olds as your rating team. I no, guess. there you go. So uh, here's the thing. And I know we, we sometimes rip on Charlotte Flair for always holding a championship belt. She's really good in the ring. It's the only way she's interesting. Yeah. She's really good in the ring. She's really good. It's her personality. It is. And just, it's my personality. <laughs> <laughs> but she wanted to – She the build-up to this match was, like, I want to wrestle – the old Alexa Bliss, I, this whole like kitty shit you're doing isn't going to fly. Like, I want to see, and I think that's what really happened here. Alexa Bliss put on a great match with Charlotte Flair. They worked very well together for two people who have who've missed each other uh, for quite a while. They haven't really locked horns like this, and it was cool to see Alexa Bliss come back into more of her original yeah, form. Get some offense in, yeah, absolutely, and not like rely on staring at things oddly and hope that they like. <laughs> follow her weird ESP commands. Um, One thing I thought was really odd about this match, though, that uh, it just feel like it writes itself. Charlotte Flair never did a helicopter spin. Like, yeah, I thought a helicopter spin slam would have been perfect right now. It would have been really cool. Yeah. yeah. Call it all in the family. <laughs> oh, my God. You didn't get it when I said that? No, I time? did. Um, I wanted to see what the second part of the joke was. <laughs> I didn't really have one. I was hoping beer would come out of your nose on the first one. Nope. I wanted to see how you'd finish that up, sir. Two straight face. All in the family. <laughs> so for 11 minutes and 25 seconds. It sucked out loud. It didn't suck. I would just. I'll say this, Adam. Your punchline was lacking. You could have picked that one hey, up. Hey, Matt. What are you going <laughs> Anyway. So, again, for 11 minutes and 25 seconds, these two women duked it out for the Raw Women's Championship. And both uh, women got great offense in here. Eventually, of course, it looks like, and I'm going to say this, I think it's like Alexa Bliss's brain was being beat back into what she used to be, which, and it was like, you can see like weird little hiccups in her offense, which eventually Charlotte Flair exploits because she is the tactician in the ring that she is, and that's how she gets the championship belt on her. So she ends up, you know, rolling Bliss up uh, for a pinfall here, but that's not the, the main thing here. At the very end of this, Charlotte Flair goes full heel, which is cool. I like that. And she rips Lily into shreds, causing Alexa Bliss to lose her ever-loving mind. Uh, she's screaming at the top of her lungs. She's running back into the ring trying to figure out how to piece this all together. And then she does her best little Giants impression by putting an antacid tablet in her mouth. And it looks like she was just spitting on herself. It was terrible. She took her full dum-dum. Yeah. She went to drooling on herself. So what's, I mean, I don't even, she's going to come back as a raccoon after this? Like, what, I don't know. Even if that acid tablet worked, where the heck are they going with this? I have no idea. And that's the thing, too. So fast forward to Raw, she doesn't even appear on Raw. There's no explanation. And you'll see, too, there's no explanation for a lot of shit that happened in this card. This is one of the things that everyone was like, oh, we'll see what happens on Monday. And then what? she never showed up. You want some, some canoe? Oh, my God. I can't even say the word. Huh? Canu I can't say it. I don't even I know. I think where I just had a stroke. Are you saying canoodling? No. <laughs> continue. Continuation? Thank you. Hey, guys. This is Matt from Decaying with the Boys. Drink water. Drink more water than you think you need to. Because you can't drown yourself unless you're competing on Howard Stern's talk show for a gaming system. Back to you, Adam. <laughs> Do you 
<laughs> what do you want? Some continuation in the storylines? There, there we go. go. Okay. Continuity. Yeah. That's what I was Continuity. trying to say. Continuity. Okay. God, I was just like skipping a whole syllable though in, in my brain every time I went to say it. Oh, continuity and kids don't drink. <laughs> water. Drink water. Drink water. Yeah. Don't drink alcohol. <laughs> Unless it's bash brew. That's bash brew. Yeah, then drink wait all that beer. Wait till you're 21, though. Yeah, absolutely. Be like Adam. So, we move on to the triple threat match for the United States Championship. Can we- men go to a Betty Ford clinic? I think so. Anyway. <laughs> I know we're making phone calls when we're done. I'm going to find out. When- yeah, I'm going to find out when I'm done. So Damian Priest uh, took on Jeff Hardy and Sheamus for the United States Championship. Uh, this was a great triple threat match. However, like it kind of felt redundant because we've seen Damian Priest take on Sheamus quite enough. I mean, how often are we going to see this match? I don't know how many it. times I can see it. it. I don't want to see Sheamus anymore at this point. Yeah. Um, well, too bad because on Raw the very next night, it was a singles match. And it was Damian Priest taking on Sheamus with Damian Priest defeating Sheamus again. Um, so this match was great because it finally, you bring Jeff Hardy back up to some kind of prominence that he deserves. I don't know if he finally won someone's heart over in the back because he was chasing a 24 seven title, like just right before this. And that's really embarrassing because he runs awkwardly. Yeah, he, like, absolutely. Skips. Yeah, like he like his hips are displaced or something. Like him and Kenny Omega should get in a foot race because they would just be like a little skip off. It'd be so weird to watch them run like a hundred yards right down, like point. right on. Like I want to see him do a skip race on the Rainbow Bridge level from uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, it just all fits perfectly. It, it would be quite a a sight for sure. And I I'll say this: I think Jeff Hardy wins that race. I do too. Yeah, because instead of laying a banana peel down, it'll be a syringe, and then. Kenny Omega will step on it and match over. So back to the match. (laughs) (laughs) Damian Priest defeats Jeff Hardy and Sheamus by pinfall. That's the spoiler on this one. But I have to say that this match, you can definitely tell that Damian Priest matched up with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus' veteran status because they did a great job of cycling through and ensuring that it's usually one-on-one offense going through this match. And it happened right off the bat with Sheamus kicking Jeff Hardy directly out of the ring trying to have Damian Priest all to himself. And that and they they Ooh. cycled through there. Yeah. It, it got sexy quick. Uh big man meat. Big man meat slapping together. Uh but yeah, like it, it was cool to see them all rotate, do a great job, great communication, no serious botches here. A great solid match. And of course, uh you know, Damian Priest taking home the the win here by pinfall at the end of the match, it was nice again cuz it looks like because there was a comparison before the match came on where someone said, oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy says that he feels that Damian Priest is like a younger version of himself. Like he sees a lot of himself in Damian Priest now. I don't know, man. That's How what... many drugs was he on this night? It only looked like one. Damian Priest reminds me of two people, and neither of them are yeah. close to Jeff Hardy. No, we're close. I, I see a lot of Lance Archer, <laughs> a young Lance Archer. Well, that, yeah. But I'm going like in the past. He's like completely, and he said it's his two biggest influences. It's Diesel and Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 1,000%. Yeah. So if they go to WCW again, boom, here's your back. There you go. Boom. Uh, Jeff Hardy was able to, at the end of the match, shake Damian Priest's hand, raise his hand in triumphance, uh, and then 
It was like, it was like he passed the torch then. Yeah, it's like can we can we move it on to yeah. the next? Like get him a new opponent now, right? Please, absolutely. And then you you didn't because <laughs> the next night they fucking. I see a lot of myself in Damian Priest. I don't understand. I'm a one. little white boy from North Carolina, and I see a lot of myself in this giant Puerto Rican man. <laughs> get the hell out of here, Jeff. Jeff, you're. Oh my god. I. I have to go back and listen to the interview because I want to know what. How do you like part... my Carolina accent? That was really yeah. good. You know what it sounds like? All the other southern accents you do. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when. Wait, who killed whose dog? Did Matt Hardy kill Jeff Hardy's dog? Holy shit. I don't even know what you're talking about. The, when they feuded back in the day, I one don't... of them burnt the other's house down in storyline, but yeah. his house really burnt down. His dog really died. I oh think Matt God. burnt down Jeff's house, and the whole promo package was like just this tragic music and. Photos of him holding his dog. And the dog really died in a real house fire. That's wasn't terrible. So, and they used it all in the storyline. And the only words in the whole vignette package was, Matt, you kill my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the first time Jeff Hardy said anything. Oh and I'm like, God. that's his fucking voice. He, his voice sounds like a school can if it had a voice. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. It's like long cut wintergreen. Yeah. Had a tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If long cut, <laughs> long cut wintergreen had a tongue, it'd be Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Well, Matt, you killed my dog. Well, there. <laughs> I'm finding the clip. Yeah. We're putting it in the bank here. <laughs> I don't know what's next for Jeff Hardy after this. I hope not a house fire. That was the saddest storyline. That ever. sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah but. Uh, uh, of course, like I said, Damian Priest, this is like the fifth time I said it. Damian Priest took on Sheamus again the very next night on Raw. So who knows how many times that's going to happen. We're in the endless loop. Yeah, hopefully the draft splits some people up. Uh, yeah, I see Sheamus moving for sure. I hope so. You know what would be kind of cool, though? Hear me out. If Jeff Hardy retires? Yep. Well, yes, but he's not going to. Dun, 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 but dun, dun. if Jeff Hardy. Dog. Could you imagine if Jeff Hardy had uh, a, like a one-off match with Nakamura? That'd be kind of cool. That'd be yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. I really enjoy that for a good icy title. Uh, I don't know what the status of Hardy's contract is, but if it's close to expiring, why not? Because every time, I mean, every time he gets injured and goes out for eight months, it like just adds on to the end of his contract. Yeah. So there's like no way to. Good luck doing that math. And he sneaky signs contracts too. Like he signed an extension and no one heard about right. it until he was like a year into. Yeah, he's it. trying to stay away from Matt. You know why, right? Because mm, he burned his house. <laughs> Matt killed his dog. Come on, Matt. You know He's going to kill his dog again. Gonna, Matt, you killed my dog. So we move on to the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch uh, putting the belt on the line against Bianca Belair. And I just got to say, if Becky Lynch is supposed to be this dominant force, your top heel, not just in the women's division, but in the entire fucking locker room, why do you make her look so scared against Bianca Belair? Yeah. And then, spoiler alert, Sasha Banks comes out and interferes with the match, and Becky Lynch looks like a, a fucking 10-year-old who got yelled at by their teacher during recess. Like, uh, are we okay? Are we going to be okay? This match stunk on fucking ice. I am so upset that this is what we got for a Becky Lynch Bianca Belair match because this deserved so much more. This is where I get pissed off at Vince McMahon because Lynch and Belair should have been a 20 minute match. It should have gone absolute bananas and it didn't happen. All we saw was some back and forth and you could tell that both women were waiting for something the entire time. 
There was so much fucking hesitation. It was pissing me off. And I knew. I was like, there's something that's going to come up here. You know, you wouldn't want to miss Sasha Banks walking around either. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. But I'd be really excited if she was coming over. Be like, what? Oh, she here yet? Yeah, me too. But we have a fucking podcast. We don't have a wrestling match for a belt. <laughs> this this should have been epic. Bianca Belair, she doesn't just have matches. To quote Kenny Omega, she has memories. Yeah, that sounds like Kenny Omega. It does. Old Rainbow Road. Exactly. But Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch should have been the match of the night. It should have been the match of the night, and it wasn't. Even with Sasha Banks coming out to interfere with this match, you still could have had these two knock have a decent match. Yeah, yeah, knock the house down, and then all of a sudden Sasha Banks comes out and interferes to set up Lynch and Banks later, or Lynch Banks and Belair triple threat match, which we've already which, seen Bianca mm-hmm. Belair can excel in. Yeah, which I think you're going to see again at what's next Survivor Series. Yeah, probably. I mean. I'd like to be as upset as you, but I already vented about this whole topic on SummerSlam, and it's just <laughs> it's just repeating. Like, yeah. So go back to our post SummerSlam review and hear how pissed I got about this. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I agree. I I agree, and just echo what you say. Yeah, that twenty six second match was extended by sixteen minutes and what four seconds? Yeah, I mean it, it was. It sucks, man. Because clown shoes. Absolute clown shoes. Bianca Belair deserves way more. I didn't think she'd win the belt in this, but I figured she'd take Becky Lynch to the point where Becky Lynch had to do some heel shit, not get bailed out by Sasha Banks. That's not what I wanted here. So it's it's cool to see Sasha Banks come back. I love Sasha Banks. I think she's a fantastic talent, but the way this went out, I, I don't. And also, they're not, too. They're not bringing anybody back the right way. That, no, not at all. And also, too, hey, dipshits. It's Extreme Rules 2021, and there's a fucking DQ from outside interference. Clown shoes. On to the next match. Roman Reigns brings out the Universal Championship. If that's clown shoes, here's the big red rubber nose. Oh, here it comes, dude. Because this match had me heated. First and foremost, I got to give you a lot of credit because you said on the last episode, you're like, oh, yeah, Roman Reigns taking on Finn Balor. It's going to be 20 minutes, and it's going to be like so... It's Roman Reigns going to do something stupid. He's going to beat Finn Balor. 19 minutes and 45 seconds. Praise be to Adam. Boom. <laughs> so. I am drunken Jeebus. <laughs> Pray to me. Roman Reigns comes out with Paul Heyman as a sidecar, which I like that Paul Heyman might be cheating on Roman Reigns a little bit. It's kind of cute. And then he's going to go ahead and take on Finn Balor's alter ego, the Demon, which if you're new to this persona, the demon has never been beaten. Ever. Never been beaten when it's been used. And if you read all the spoiler alerts for Crown Jewel, you'll already know that Roman Reigns is putting the belt on the line against Brock. Brock. So all the promos are already cut for that. All the things are going on for Roman Reigns and Brock. So you already know this match is going to go Roman's way. So, to say that, I'm, I want to say that Finn Balor put on one of his best matches. He had great offense. He hit fantastic spots. Roman Reigns did a great job of selling the offense from Finn Balor. This match was good until... Thank you. So, we fast forward through this. If you like Roman Reigns' offense and you've ever seen the Demon wrestle... Check out the first 18 minutes of this match. 
spot on catalog. Get to the last two minutes, almost two minutes. You see a Roman Reigns and a demon completely laid out on the outside. Huge fucking offense from Roman Reigns to knock the demon down on, onto his stomach. The lights turn red. We hear it. And then Finn Balor starts humping the ground. Yeah, he's like thrusting to the yeah. heartbeats. Yeah. He's doing whatever that yoga pose is where you like hold your ankles like back behind yourself. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that's called. And then he springs to life. And it actually, for a second, gave me hope as a fan. I was like, maybe. The- you thought they were going to put the belt on the guy that just dry humped the mats? I wanted it so bad, Adam. Because right. think about this, man. If they would have put the belt on Finn right then, that's the moment of the year for WWE. And it changes the whole trajectory for the rest of the Dis- I can't believe I got that word out. Yeah. For the rest of the year. Though. Yeah. Like you you have so many storylines that open up after that. Holy crap. And then And then you could still have Brock versus Roman. Yeah. You don't need a belt there. Yeah, because you have the custody agreement for Paul Heyman on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Who gets to see him on the weekends? Who gets him Monday through Friday? That's when you find out Crown Jewel. Who drops him off at school? Who picks him up? <laughs> so you want chicken nuggets or no? Seriously. <laughs> Polly wants chicken nuggets. <laughs> he wants chicken nuggets. <laughs> so roll back into the ring. Some quick offense from the demon. Just brutal. Brutal offense from the demon. While his music was playing and the red light stayed on. Yes. Which was super distracting and bullshit. The only person that can beat another guy's ass... With his music still blaring, is motherfucking New Jack, and nobody else should yep. ever do it. Nobody can do it. Nobody can do it. No. But Finn Balor is putting on a display of violence to get Roman Reigns back in the ring. He ascends to the top rope. You can feel the electricity in the arena. He's going for the coup de gras. And then the top fucking belt belt buckle breaks. Wow, that, there's your uh, there's uh, your strike, brother. The I, turnbuckle broke, everybody. Thanks. I was so appalled by it that I couldn't even get it out. Continuity. After he stood <laughs> after he stood on the top on the top rope for what seemed like a century. Legends say he's still standing there, Adam. <laughs> no, it's not because it broke and he fell right on his bumpy yep. head. Great crumble physics on that crash though. Great, great crumble physics. Also, too, um I so thought he might be uh in the <laughs> in the home next to draws by this week. <laughs> so Roman Reigns then hits offense, pins the demon, and then does nothing but point to the sky like he's Sabu, as if God himself... Well, that's where he thought Finn was heading after that tumble he took. (laughs) There's no explanation for this. Maybe he saw Jeff Hardy's dog. Oh! I want want to adopt a dog so bad now. I feel so bad. It's just, it's too much. Look, there's Jelly Roll in the crowd. Not Jelly Roll, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Not Jelly Roll. So this match ends oddly. Like a fart in church. Absolutely. Everyone's appalled and no one knew where it came from. Just a bunch of boo. (laughs) You Uh, cut the ring budget, boo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying to see what the, uh, the explanation for this is. And I can say... 
that we are recording on Thursday, so I have yet to hear any explanations on SmackDown for Friday. But I look forward to seeing what someone in creative can come up with. I'm sure there won't be one. They'll just ignore it. No, it happened. Bye. It's crazy, too, because, like, the big show had to, like, suplex a man of equivalent size to destroy the ring. But a 165-pound man with a 12-pack can't stand on the turnbuckle for more than two seconds without it collapsing. Cool, man. Continuity. There you go. You, You got it. So, from Buckle the Bell, the boys bring you the best wrestling news in the biz. So, AEW has been knocked about not having homegrown talent. How about this homegrown talent? Lee Moriarty, a Pittsburgh native and extremely talented runner of the ring, was picked up by AEW after the apex of combat defeated Daniel Garcia on AEW Dark Elevation. Elevation is one of the multiple uh, YouTube uh, cards that are put on on a weekly basis by AEW. Uh, it should be known that Moriarty was already drawing comparisons to the American Dragon with an impressive six-year-long run on the indies that saw Moriarty stack wins across the entire nation. Uh, so this most notably here, traditionally, African-American wrestlers have been known to being just athletic. And that has been the run of it. Look at all the African-American champions that you have. It's all about athleticism, fast ring running, uh, jumping over top ropes, not a lot of stiff striking or anything like that. Moriarty breaks the mold where he's known to be a practitioner of Taiga style and is known for his mat work, stiff New Japan pro wrestling style striking and exuberant theatrics because he's also an artist. So he brings his own personal flair to the ring and matches it up with uh, grappling techniques very akin to a fellow grappler by the name of Jonathan Gresham who is uh, drawing similar talks as a predominant Mac technician in Ring of Honor wrestling. Yeah. Uh, AEW is continuing to shape their roster towards fast, intelligent grapplers that can go from stiff striking to big-time spots. And we should note that this is what WWE has notably stated on several occasions that they are trying to get away from. I think that this really makes AEW a place to sign for indie talent that has more to offer than just being big and like a former linebacker. Yeah, Vince doesn't want to look in the Indies anymore. So. No. Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker. My favorite. Two Ks on that name, boy. Yep. Just like Drecker. Braun Breaker. Mm. Look at that. Search it tie, out. Tie it back. Tie it back. That's continuity. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the word continuity. So, Adam, we need to talk about giving Mira some credit now. And the disease, alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? We need to give Miro some credit. I give him credit. Yeah, well, He's got great credit he, in my book. He didn't have a lot of credit when he first came in because he was basically Kip Sabian's uh, young boy, as they say it over in New Japan. That's yeah, that's still a weird term. A weird term that I'm still adjusting to. But if you remember when Miro came out, he was wearing pajamas and he talked about playing video games. And his big thing was if you touched his video game, he got pissed off at you and he'd beat the shit out of you. Uh, but if we fast forward now. I put in the notes that he's a TNT championship champion, but spoiler alert, Sammy Guevara just took that off of him oh, last night. Oh, I didn't watch it yet. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but that's my own dumb fault, as we covered earlier. <laughs> uh, Miro lost the TNT championship last night in a very competitive match with Sammy Guevara, but that's not to say that he's not a dominant force who only most recently showed any kind of weakness, which is the damage to the neck and the head, but his mic work has been excellent. 
nothing he did in WWE compares to what he does now. The demigod ideology and the reason why he's crushing his opponents being God's chosen champion is fan-fucking-tastic. I can't speak highly enough of these uh, Mike skills that he has. They're good. They are really good. I don't know where he goes now, though. I'm yeah. shocked to hear he lost that title. True. But if we look at where he is now and we compare it to something that Tony Khan said back in December of 2020, uh, Mr. Khan, good old TK, said that he felt it would take a while to make Miro an AEW star. But as we can see now on September 30th, as we're doing this episode in the Judgatorium, Miro is a star. Not just yeah. in AEW, but in pro wrestling And me- meanwhile, Kip Sabian is sitting outside of the uh, Arthur Ashe Arena with a paper bag on his head. For where, is, where is that guy? That's a weird gimmick. Yeah. He, he was literally sitting outside the whole show, four-hour show, with a paper bag on his face. So weird. Yeah. So weird. So maybe that comes next. Maybe he comes back and those two yeah. face off. Definitely don't need a title for that program. No, that you don't. What's that uh, but speaking of bringing things back, the Hurt Business is back. Woo! Uh, this past episode of Raw, uh, with little to no writing whatsoever, the Hurt Business appears to be back together. Needs continue. <laughs> uh, during the first bout of the night between Biggie and Bobby Lashley, uh, Biggie was tossed out of the ring only to find himself at the feet of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Now, a good idea would have been to not put the very glossy gold classic hurt business t-shirts on them to kind of make it more of a guess but they came out with the retro gear albeit only defunct for roughly three months but the hurt business is back minus mvp who's still nursing a rib injury the cool thing about this is is this can set up a, a big collision course for the new day in the hurt business that culminated at the end of monday night's card uh because the first match here Big E didn't get it didn't get touched at all by Alexander and Benjamin, but in the cage match they had later, whenever we'll talk about them pulling double duty, but Big E and Bobby Lashley, the Hurt Business got involved with the New Day defending. You don't like that? No. Why no, not? I, I don't. I guess it is continuity if they just never write or explain anything. Yeah. So I guess they are being consistent in one way. Yeah. It's just it's just so dumb. It's quick. It's so dumb. It's a good idea, and it would make a good story, but you just decide to. Yeah. Why can't there be like a, like I have to call it the Mighty Ducks thing where they go around picking up all the talent for the team? Why can't oh, you? Oh, do a little montage? Yeah. yeah. Hey, get a montage. Speaking of pulling double duty, because I'm a singer and a <laughs> podcaster. Didn't you say Paul, Paul Hammond was pulling double duty in the back? <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> I love you, Brock. Double two meat sandwiches. <laughs> Biggie and Bobby Lashley pulled double duty on Raw. Uh, it's clear that Raw is trying to push ratings. So instead of just having Biggie and Bobby Lashley duke it out in the ring, they decided to put the steel cage around them for the WWE title. Uh, it wasn't I, a surprise to anybody because it was hanging above the ring the whole time. Was it? I didn't see it. I can almost hear Vince in the background after seeing these two gigantic men slamming into each other. He's like, do it again, damn it. This is good shit. You know, it's like such a lazy way to promote your main event. Is like, And this is like the third time they've done it Yeah, in the last two months. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, the match at the beginning got goofed up by some interference. Oh, let's slap them in a tag match. Or let's slap them in a, in this case, a steel cage. Like. Which was made to keep people out, and then everybody just climbed on the yeah, cage. Everybody got in. Just ugh. oh, so you're gonna keep four athletic men outside of the cage? That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Meanwhile, you have the two most unathletic guys uh, inside the cage. 
Yeah. Did you, <laughs> the two that aren't going to climb the, the cave. two guys that aren't, yeah, they're not getting out. No. I shouldn't say unathletic, but they're just not going to climb the cage. I think he might be able to. I don't think I don't think Bob Lasher can get his arms that far above his head. Nope. To like hoist himself. He up. tried. He got like ear ear height, yeah. and that was it. Uh, so Adam looks like a ninja turtle. If you're wondering what happened to Drew McIntyre, worry no more because oh yeah, I saw him pointing his sword at people. <laughs> What's he called? Threateningly, Eleanor or whatever the fuck it is. Well, it is a Claymore sword, but I don't yeah. know. He has a name for it. He calls this it This is why something. I don't watch Raw, folks. Yeah, he names it like Lisa or something. Hot dog sleeve. Mm, yep, there you go. So <laughs> uh, Drew McIntyre came out with hot dog sleeve, and he pointed it directly at Big E because if you remember when Bobby Lashley defeated Drew McIntyre for the millionth and first time, uh, Drew McIntyre could not compete for the title. But now that Bobby Lashley doesn't have the belt, Scottish Warrior is back in the fold, and he made his presence felt at the very end of that match with Big E kind of nodding towards the ramp and accepting the challenge. I know something that was popular back in the day. Braveheart. Let's just repeat that every week. What's Braveheart? It's, the, it's when Mel Cripson had the blue stuff on his face. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is where we're at? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He showed his. Color. I know. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's flagging. I know. I thought it was funny. It was good. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> uh, so as we talked about earlier, Alexa Bliss fell to Charlotte Flair, and this uh, this is leading to Alexa Bliss taking some time away from WWE. What's on your mind, buddy? <laughs> I, just, uh, I just need help. <laughs> We're making calls after this. I don't. Episode. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so bliss has been a weekly staple on raw and it's clear that her persona is no longer pulling uh, and the fans have let her know that on a continuous basis uh little miss bliss is also known for showing signs of needing a break with her recent lashing out on fans at twitter on twitter after dave Meltzer made claims that hundreds of attendees walked out during her match to on the go home show before extreme rules so um if that is his real name yeah i think alexa bliss doesn't need time away but yep. here's she's a, burnt out. You know what's going to happen though? She's going to come back with a new gimmick with and no mask. explanation. No. Do you think they're going to double down on the evil, or are they going to just eliminate it? I hope they get rid of it. To be I'm going to tell you right now. While she's gone, if somehow Rotunda appears in Impact or something else with a gimmick that involves a mask, she's coming back with a mask on. That's so freaking hands weird. down. Like you got some spooky shit. We got some spooky Look shit. Look how much spooky your stuff is. Our demon humped a mat. We're so spooky. We hump things. We make big man wrestle twice on the same card. So Bleacher Report put together the top drawing moments in pro wrestling for the summer. Uh, so running these down real quick, uh, Roman Reigns pins Daniel Bryan and Edge at uh, WrestleMania 37 to retain. John Cena returns at Money in the Bank. CM Punk joins AEW. CM Punk wrestles first match in seven years. Dan- uh, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole debut for AEW All Out. Becky Lynch returns and steals Bianca Belair's title in 26 seconds in SummerSlam. Brock Lesnar returns to SummerSlam. Edge versus Seth Rollins 2 at Madison Square Garden and Danielson versus Omega at AEW Grand Slam. What, what are the people at Bleacher Report smoking to think WrestleMania 37 happened in the summer of 2021? I don't know. It's in April. I know. Hey, listen, man. I think they're trying to get... like It's only nine events. I think they're trying to get to 10 and they just ran out of shit. And they put that as their number one. It's not even in... So, it's, just mu- the, it's just the first one. That was the mediocre moment of spring. I think they just kind of went chronologically. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But we are going to pick the top three. No, it's not that because that didn't happen Definitely in the not summer. That. 
So what would you pick for your top three if you had a chance? Do I? Do they have to be shit on this list? Because no, they don't have to. If you think you're something else, I'll yeah. Have to. So uh, three. Oh, probably Brian Danielson and Adam Cole debuting at All Out. Okay, is my my bronze medal. Okay. Uh, second place, the Danielson Omega match at Grand Slam. And the number one is still that steel cage match between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. Yeah, I would say uh, that I, I was surprised that it didn't make its way in here because that was my third. Well, because a moron wrote this list. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what I would do is, oh, you know what? I missed the CM Punk thing. Can I just say him and Brian Danielson and Adam Cole all debuting for AEW? And that's what I was going to yeah. say too. I was like, you like that's just that's all number three. That's a given because I like in ring moments. Yeah, you know, yeah. To, to be at the top of my wrestling right list, I don't know. So I would say, like, while well, I was actually going to put the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks at three, I was going to put all the debuts at two, and I was actually going to say it's a tie for me between uh, Edge and Rollins and Danielson and Omega because mm -hmm. both those matches were fantastic. They were both fantastic, but mm -mm. that Dan that Danielson it was a five star match. Omega matches, yeah, fucking phenomenal. it was phenomenal. So I mean, like. For our listeners who, who want to go back and see some of the top moments in the summer, go back uh, and check those out. Uh, you can probably skip the WrestleMania retain. You definitely uh, can. That yeah. match. It well, wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't mm. that good. Uh, Roman Reigns pinning Daniel Bryan and Edge, and then John Cena returning when the bank. Meh. The other things on here are really cool, and also then add in the Lucha Brothers in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what. That could have been your 10th right there. Yeah, easily. Uh, so, speaking of adding stuff in, we're going to add some ads because we're going to take a break real quick. And if you uh, hear something you like, go support them because when you support the people who support us, we can bring you some cool stuff. And we do have some cool stuff in the works for you. So, we will see you on the other side. I'm going to go drink some water. I know what you're thinking right now. How do I get the downstairs hair care I need to impress my partner? Well, the boys have a little something for you. That's right. You can take your grooming to the next level with the flagship of Smooth My Balls, the Turf Chopper 3.0. This pube-destroying trimmer uses stainless steel ceramic blade with micro-sized teeth to ensure you're covered by no-scrape technology. Yep. No cuts, no nicks, no bumps, no hair pulls, and no mishaps. And when those pubes go a-flying, you can call in the backups the Pube Muncher 1.0, and Sack Mat to ensure cleanup is a breeze. All these devices can be used in wet or dry conditions, and they're compact for easy travel storage and have fast charging technology. Right now, our listeners can save 15% on their entire order by using our link, smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB. That includes free shipping to the U.S., that's right. So head on over to smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB and tell them the boy sent you. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because if you do, again, when you support them, you support us. And when you support us, we could bring you some pretty cool stuff. So, Adam, I threw it out to the Twitterverse for a showdown. At the end of AEW's uh, Dynamite on Wednesday... Cody Rhodes fell to Malachi Black, and the world was a buzz. Will Cody finally turn heel? Uh, so, 
when I threw out to you guys, 33% of you guys voted that he will turn heel, and 67% of you guys said there's no way he's going to turn heel. It's still kind of up in the air right now about what he's going to do uh, following that major loss to Malachi Black, but it would be nice to see Cody turn heel, especially after the interaction he had with Arn Anderson at the most recent episode of AEW Dynamite, where Arn basically discredited Cody Rhodes, and pretended to hold an invisible Glock to the face of Cody Rhodes and pull the trigger. Bye-bye. Bye. So, speaking of AEW, we asked you for grades on the second night of Grand Slam, and 83% of you guys came through with an A, and 17% of you guys came through with a C. I'm only assuming that that's still some of the people who don't particularly like... AEW in comparison to WWE voting for a C. At least it's not a fail this time. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with that poll more than the first one. What were you dumb dumb smoking on that one? I don't know, but I'll say this. I love our fans. I, I do too. You, you guys are great. That dude's turning heel. Yeah, he's turning heel for sure, and I think AEW was a solid B+. Plus. Uh, the grand, the second night of Grand Slam. It was a B+, plus for sure. So, if you want to put those together, A and C, B+. Plus. Yeah. Good spots, yeah, I agree with some that. issues here and there, but I think it was pretty good. Yeah, there was that one match that was Clunkers McGee, and I can't remember what it was now. It's mm, a great question because I can't remember which one really stood out to me. It was just like little uh, misfires. Whatever the second match on the card was, I yeah. didn't like. But I, 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 again, I didn't, yeah. it was just not yeah. memorable. Some misfires here and there. Yeah. So, Adam, we are in round two. You brought more beers, put them together, got round one beers. What you got? I got. Something from Cerebral Brewing in Denver, Colorado. It it, it sounded weird to me. This is another one brought to us by Tavor. So uh, it's Tavor Day. You can save 15% off your entire order by using our promo code. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We don't have enough listeners. But we can get more. Yeah. Tell your fucking friends. friends. Do you want discount codes or not? (laughs) Anywho, this is a dry hopped oat lager, which... I don't think I've ever had an oat lager before. I can't recall if I ever And it's did. called Inhibited Form, um, and it's got a really cool label. It's got like a zombie on there. Ooh, I like that. So, yeah. Let's crack it open. So if you want to find out what's going on with Cerebral Brewing, all you have to do is search them out on all social media. They are on all platforms at Cerebral Common Spelling, so you can see what's going on in their tap room all the way out in the wonderful state of Colorado. Uh, Denver is known to be... Uh, the West Coast Mecca, one of them, of brewing. Uh, they hold some of the first breweries of Turncoat uh, to InBev. I'm looking at you, Breckenridge. Um, so brewing's alive out there. So is medical marijuana. If you want to have some fun, go check out Cerebral and stop by a dispensary. You put those two things together, and you got drunk and high. <laughs> so this beer, I paused for a second because oat lager is kind of like uh, an oxymoron because lagers are traditionally clear and crisp and oats are in or what makes new england ipas hazy and i will say this is lager colored but it is hazy it is not clear like a lager so my first sip i'm confused oh and the dry hops on this i did say it was dry yeah uh it's galaxy and citra i'm really confused by this beer i'm not saying it's bad i'm just confused by it i definitely taste the oat the oat, definitely at the end, that sweetness that the oat brings. Um, I don't know if this is something that I particularly, I don't know. I'm not, 
I don't know. It's different to me. I don't know if it's something that I really particularly in- enjoy as much as I thought I was going to, but it's, I don't know. I think it's a little too sweet for me. Yeah, um, I get a weird sweetness from the oat, like at the end. Yeah. It's kind of like a weird fruitiness. Yeah. Like a, a watery fruit, like a cantaloupe or a watermelon or, or something. Or a watermelon. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Um, I don't know. It's 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 different. I like that I got to try it because I never had one before. But it, I don't think that if someone put it on tap, I'd be like running to get a pint. I don't know. If it was like a hot day outside, maybe. I don't know. It's strange. I'll see how I feel by the end of it. Yeah. I mean, we got we got some uh, some time here because we're going to move into something really fun. And we got beers to accompany this. So by the time you guys listen to this, it is October. Halloween is right around the corner. 31 Days of Halloween is running like a champ on almost every television station. Halloween Kills is scheduled to drop in theaters and on the Peacock app on October 15th, so I know where the hell I'm going to be. But do you know what really gets your Halloween movie list picked up after you finish watching our top four horror movies featuring pro wrestlers? B-movies. Definitely watch those. But you go into the B-movies. B-movies are the best. Over-the-top gore. Bad acting, grindhouse-style cinematography, and low budgets. These lovable losers bring a tear to a horror fan's eye when their friends make that terrible claim, I can watch any horror movie, and this is you know this is your time to shine. So, Adam, challenge him to the Mount Rushmore of B-style horror movies. Let's do it. To it. So, I like to believe that the last time we did this, my friend, that I went first. I think I had first round pick last time. So I'm going to graciously give you first round pick. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to open it up with one that might be controversial right off the rip. I don't know if you will consider this a B movie. And if not, I have a backup. Okay. That's fine if it gets vetoed. But it's a newer one, which kind of makes like the production value better automatically. Yeah. Um, but it was on B movie lists, and I was surprised to see it. It's one of my favorite, like, two thousands horror movies because there was okay. a lot of dreck at that time. Yeah. Um. But I do get it as a B movie because it's kind of grimy. It's it's very grimy. It's very schlocky. It's cool though. Yeah. Uh. So it's Planet Terror from oh, two thousand seven. I can't believe you. Starring Rose McGowan. The the spot with the she, gun leg. Yes, yes, the gun leg is so good. So a great zombie movie. I mean, the effects are so good, but like campy on yeah. purpose and stuff. Like, there's definitely a lot of money behind it. I feel like. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a B movie, but I saw it. It was on your list too. So it I'll, definitely was. It I'll was throw that in definitely on my list uh, because I also like because it was uh, when it was released. It was a split, so it was it was Plant Terror and what was the other side of it? Oh crap. Uh, where Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell in the car, could not be killed. Mur- death proof, death, death proof. proof. Thank yep. you. There you go, man. My brain works. Uh, yes, death proof. Which I also like that one too. The spot where he kills the four girls in the car, and the one leg just goes flopping on the. That's cool. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, my time spent with uh, B style movies has me seeing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, especially when I had a, if you go back and listen to a couple episodes, I had a mom who did not give a shit what I watched, which was nice. And I had a brother that was completely unrelenting with providing me with gore. So I'm going to kick mine off with my favorite B movie. What it was. That's why I didn't take it. Of all time. Reanimator. Yeah. So yeah, boy. 
Reanimator in 1985 was an HP Lovecraft port that saw Mr. Herbert West concocting a reanimation serum that he injected into everything from rats to people's heads. And sometimes those heads performed cunnilingus on women. <laughs> Odd movie. Very cool. Very quotable. Um, cool effects for the budget they were on. It was very low. And the gentleman who played Herbert West, I unfortunately I can't remember his name, puts on a great like quasi-serious acting job. I mean, he does a great job of like being like the, and I'm going to bring them back to life. Almost akin to the scientist uh, from Futurama, kind of in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yes, with my first round pick, I'm going to take Reanimator. Good choice, Thank sir. You. It was definitely on my list. I was definitely going to let you say it because I was mean enough to steal a scream on the last one. You were. And Reanimator is one of my favorites, but it's definitely not my number one spot. Yeah. And it's not going to be my number two spot. Okay. Well, it wouldn't have been. Wouldn't have been anyway. I took it. Yeah. What do you got? But the funny thing about my number two entry yeah it has a two in the title oh yeah because it's your favorite family from texas i knew it the you texas chainsaw massacre bitch. part two now i will agree that texas chainsaw massacre is also a b movie the original yes but part two was schlockier stupider better gore effects i think better gore effects. definitely grimier the oh, chainsaw yeah. in the <laughs> ice tub of beers where it's right yeah. in her crotch, for lack of a better term. That was cool. Um, that was a really hot scene. <laughs> so, uh, number number two on my list, for sure. My and, and I think, I don't know what episode we did it, but we did like top three horror films, and that was in my list. Yeah, that, and so. I remember when you picked that. So when I put it on my list, I was like, I feel like you're going to take that, and you're in at least your top two. So I'm glad that I can still read your, you read your mind there, buddy. Um, I'm going to go on for my number two pick here, a movie that I actually just watched. I want to say last week, a week before I needed some comfort viewing. You ever do that? Like have a bad day and you want to watch oh, something. That yeah. You... Mo most, yeah. Most of my weekdays. Most, most weekdays. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> it's a trope that has been more than quotable, more than it, it's, it's been merched up. It is a cult classic. Oh, I know what it is. Killer clowns from outer space. Oh, not what I thought it was. No. I thought you were going Evil Dead, sir. Oh, I wanted sure. to, but yeah. I think everyone is looking for Evil Dead to be on this one, especially Evil Dead 2. And I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go Killer Clowns from Outer Space because this movie, uh, when you watch it at first, you kind of think, like, there's no way that it's going to be, like, super gory. It looks too campy. It looks too, like, over the top. And then the first person gets coated in the cotton candy that turns him into a Slurpee. And mm -hmm. you're like, what the fuck is that? And then it's just, it's a slaughter fest from there. No bullets can stop them. No man or woman can contain them. Everybody dies. It's awesome. I really love that movie. It's a great one. Yeah. What, what you got? Weird spot now. Don't really know what to pick. Yeah, that's right. I put you in a bind, bitch. No, no, it's not like you stole one of my picks. It's just I have a long list here, and I don't know what <laughs> deserves to be on my list here. Huh. As always, too, I have some like, fun ones too. Whenever we're done, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. You want me to go mo uh, modern for my third pick? You can do whatever old? you want, buddy. I think I think you and I, much like other things, I think you and I see. 
we when we watch our B movies, I think you have a particular taste and I have a particular taste with B movies. One that like I get the one I think might be on your list, so I'm gonna go with this other one. Okay. Uh and it's an old movie. Okay. It's terribly done, which makes it very entertaining. Yes. Um and it's a ridiculous freaking story, which makes it very entertaining. And that is Basket Case. Oh, I love Basket Case, yeah. man. Uh I actually did not know that there were three of them. I've <laughs> I think I've seen all three, but I just saw the third one like since 2020. Some yeah, point. like I was just going through shit. I was like, "Oh, there's a third one." Yeah, there's a third one. I think it was on Tubi. Like, probably Tubi does a great job of bringing up like crazy horror movies. Yeah, like, uh, where's that? What's like? Uh, uh, it's the the radio. Another radio. The broad the public broadcast company that puts on like a Halloween special. Uh, and they go into a house that's supposed to be haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like WN. VF or something like that. Yeah. But it, it, I like that one. Tubi had it first when I watched it. I was like, this is crazy. So for those of you that don't know this one, because it's an older movie, uh, Basket Case was a story of uh, conjoined twins that were separated at some point. I don't remember the One story, looks normal. But they're separated. <laughs> One's a very normal kind of creepy acting guy. Yep. And his brother uh, gets hauled around in a picnic basket <laughs> with a bunch of locks and chains on it. And they travel to New York I, it, I think it was takes place in New York City, yeah. a city, a, a, a metropolitan city, um, and you're wondering what they're doing the whole time, and it, it turns out they're trying to find the doctor that separated them to kill him. Um, but hilarity ensues along the way, and some other victims get uh, killed by Basket Case, the little <laughs> blob in the basket, but the, the effects on this are terrible. The the basket case character is just goofy looking, yeah. and but it's hilarious. I want to say too, like if you have your conjoined or your separated conjoined twin in a container and you've had it for that long, this guy's clearly like in his mid thirties when he's carrying this thing around. Why the fuck didn't you get a better box? It's a picnic basket. Why do you a picnic basket? Yeah. Why do you have a Hanna Barbera? Just like. <laughs> You're mocking. He should kill you because you're carrying around a wicker basket. That's uncomfortable. You ever sat on a wicker chair before that had like oh, yeah. all the things like splintering off of it? It's like just sitting on hypodermic needles. Yeah, this guy <laughs> doesn't even have a butt. He's just a no, blob. He's a blob. That's just that's just basket to basket to skin. Yeah, and, and and a nice trick for all of our listeners here is throw this on just randomly, like when your significant other or sibling or parent aren't paying attention. <laughs> and when basket case pops up, watch their face go, what the fuck is yes. this? Because that's what I did with my wife when she yep. watched it the first time. And she got a kick out of it. Um, and then after you do that, say it was because it came with the poison, tell them to listen. Yeah. So. Also, too, just so you know, if you haven't watched this, he looks like a testicle that has cancer with a face and sharp teeth. <laughs> His teeth are like the creepiest thing. Yeah. Just like little triangles. Little fangs. So I want you to, I want you to maybe give me some leeway here on this pick. Yeah, I probably won't. Okay, because it's it's been identified as a horror movie. I think it's a horror movie only because of the tropes that are in it. Now you can veto this if you want no, to. Damn it! I, I have other. Got, picks. I think you got my fourth pick coming. So I'm gonna go with the rock opera, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, nope, that's not where I was going. I feel like this is a fantastic movie. It's, of course, a musical to a certain degree, but there's reanimation, there's zombies, there's aliens, there's uh, everything you want in rock opera, and that's what they bring to the table, and it's still popular now. 
they put this movie on in theaters and people go crazy for it. There's all kinds of like things you do when shit comes on the screen. I don't know what they are, but uh, I've watched this movie. I think I watch I watch this movie every Halloween when it comes on. It's going to be on some channel somewhere, and um, it's it made me not scared of Pennywise anymore because. <laughs> The gentleman that plays Pennywise, I can't remember his goddamn Tim name. Curry. Thank you, Tim Curry. You got it, brother. Uh, plays a transvestite, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter, who reanimates gorgeous men. Yep. <laughs> so it's a great movie. I fucking love it. And he's also a terrifying uh, hotel employee in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Absolutely. I think he's way scarier in Home Alone 2 than he is in any other movie. So, yes, Rocky Horror Picture Show comes in at number three for me. I guess in the same vein, and I would say, like, I don't know if Rocky Horror Picture Show is a quote-unquote horror movie, but it's definitely a Halloween time Yeah. Movie. Well, look, he reanimated Meatloaf. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. yeah that was. <laughs> yeah. That, Meatloaf was so great in that movie, too. He really was. I get uh, a kick out of him. Um, plays a hell of a saxophone. Dude, I got two, and both deserve to be on the list. Well, you got to make a decision, buddy. Um. Well, one is definitely more horror than the other, okay. where the other one's just kind of gory for the sake of being gory and silly. So I'm going to go with one that I consider an actual horror movie. Okay. And you might disagree with it, but I'm pretty sure these were low budget, especially the first one. Uh, Hatchet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hatchet, for sure. What a wonderful pick. Uh, Hatchet is uh, the reincarnation of the... I, I like to lose the reincarnation of the modern day B movie slasher. So right. I'm definitely going to give that to you 100%. Right. And yeah, so it's just like kind of a return of an 80s slasher movie um, set in, I think it was like the early 2000s that came out. Yeah. I guess I could look it up. Uh, yeah, I think I want to say it was like 2006, 2007 when the first one came out. There's like four, there's four of them all together, too. It was 2006. Yeah. Very good, man. Boop, boop, look at that. Uh. And, it, and it also was the return of Kane Hoder in this last Yes. So that was Jason in multiple of the sequels. Uh, yeah. The w- What people uh, undisputedly say was the best Jason actor. Oh, yeah. Ha- oh, hands down he was. So uh, if you And yeah. if you thought he had to work around a mask for Jason, Jesus. wait till you see Hatchet. He is yeah. a group. Uh, he's from the bayou. He's a Cajun, but he looks like a just a jacked up mountain man yeah, <laughs> from it, West Virginia. Like he looks like if you put all the wrong turn, yeah, hillbilly monsters together into one, in the bayou. Yeah. Into one thing. And then yeah. sent them down to new Orleans. Going to go down for this voodoo tour. And what the fuck so, is that? So that's <laughs> that one. If you want, do you want, well, I don't know. I got one more left. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, I don't know if you want my goofy one. Now it might be your fourth pick. I don't know. I don't think it's going to, what's your, what's your goofy one? It was the toxic Avenger. I had the toxic Avenger on here. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely one of my, my funny ones, but I'm going to go with, a movie that I actually just saw again uh, a couple of years ago at the drive-in. Uh, the local drive-in near me does a uh, horror night where there's four classic horror movies that air for a low price of $20. And you get to see all four movies. Um, I should come out there and we can climb in the back seat together and watch them. That's, I was going to ask you. Want to do that? Good. Yeah, it would be tough to see through the steamy windshield. <laughs> <I'll try. laughs> we can recreate Titanic. <laughs> Drop me like one of your French girls, Adam. So I'm going to go with a classic movie, Motel Hell. Motel Hell is a wonderful B movie. I love that movie. That's yeah. That's the one where they bury the people up to their heads. Up in the to, dirt. Yeah. 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 I love and, that one. Oh. And they just go raw. And that's how they communicate. Yeah. 
Yeah. Love that one. Fantastic movie. And I got to see it. I, I saw it once, once or twice when I was younger. I saw it a couple times when I was in my 20s. And I got to see it in all of its driving glory uh, in my 30s. That would be awesome. It was so cool. And if you go back on, I think it's my, I'll, I'll take the photo from my personal and put it on the decaying with the boys. I got to actually pose for a picture with one of the extras from one of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies because he was out oh, nice. uh, taking pictures of people. It was really cool, man. Very cool. Yeah. I, I always get that one confused now just because modern day there was a movie. It's that good found footage one they did recently that's like Hell Incorporated maybe or something like that. that. Oh, yeah. So Hell I get, House. And that, LLC. Hell, yeah, yeah. So yeah. fucking So that good. kind of takes place in like a hotel type setting. So I always get oh, those yeah. two confused. Dude. But, yeah, I agree. Just a quick sidebar. And I think at some point we will have to do the found footage ones. But. Oh, good luck. There's so many shitty ones. There's terrible ones. Yeah. Hell House LLC director's cut. It adds an extra like 45 minutes to the movie and it's fantastic. And actually the last entry, uh, it's like the portal to hell or whatever. Kind of campy, but the death scenes in there are uh, amazing. Yeah. I love them. So yeah. good. So what do you have for some funny ones? You got any other funny ones? Um, I had two Nick Cage movies. <laughs> yeah. Man- I, had, I had Mandy and yeah. Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space is fantastic. Yeah. I like Mandy too. Um, I also had some classics. Uh, Spider Girl, which is yeah. a really old one. <laughs> That's really old. Um, you also have Wasp been on there too? <laughs> no. No, I don't. But Spider Girl I had to put in there because, uh, oh crap, the beer just hit my head. Mm-hmm. <sighs> The guy from the the guy from House of a Thousand Corpses, the old the old man that Sid Hegg. Sid Hegg was in yeah. that movie. Playing like a freaking oddball yeah. creepo. And he's so freaking good in it. Yeah. And it's just a funny um funny way to see him. Yeah. And uh also a movie called Pieces from nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Where the serial killer's like taking body parts from so his victims. Fucking cool. It's a really gory yeah. Really cheesy movie that's awesome and suspenseful. And Intruder. Yeah. Also back from Intruder was really 80s, good. Yeah. Which is a really violent. There's a, the, I'm thinking of all these other ones now, like, but they're probably on your list. So <laughs> what do you got, Matt? Uh, I have a wonderful David Arquette port with uh, Eight Legged Freaks. Well, yeah, that was fun. You sucked out loud, but it was funny. Uh, you were speaking of Sid Haig, and I had Galaxy of Terror. That's a good one. Which I really enjoyed. Can't believe I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. It's sir. okay. Uh, that's why. That's why we're here, man. Oh, I'm so hungover. <laughs> I had Jack Frost. Oh God, yes. that one's awful. I've watched it so many times. Shannon Elizabeth. Gets- you also have Ginger Dead Man. I almost did. Thanks, Killing. <laughs> I just wanted like ones that would knock you for a loop <laughs> if I had to use them. Which one's Gary Busey? He's the Ginger Dead Man, right? Ginger Dead yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I also had. I act- this is actually a movie I do enjoy. Mosquito. It was a great creature feature back in the late 1990s. I'm not a big creature feature guy. Uh, so this one was pretty cool because it was pretty brutal. Alien craft crashes in a swamp near a camp and mosquitoes feast on the alien corpse and they blow up to mammoth size. And the first kill, they kill a group of hunters and it like they use their proboscis to impale people and suck their blood out. It's fucking right, brutal. I'm going to have to check this yeah. out. Uh, and in the same vein with insects. <laughs> same vein. I see what you did there. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, to stay with the veins, ticks. Oh, there you go. In there, and then running up the the rear here, I needed I needed to bring this one up because if I didn't, I think I'd get my horror movie card pulled. Ice Cream Man. Oh God, that movie's so lame. It's bad, but it's so bad. It's oh, good. It's so bad. That's uh, Clint Howard, right? Yes. Yeah. Clint. What are you guys doing in my truck? It's it it gets that. It just takes so long to get. 
yes. to the good part. Yeah, the tough part with that one. Also, too, it's so uh, boring at the beginning. Honorable mention: the dentist. Was, That's a good one. was a fun one. Okay, so the one I was Maniac Cop was the one I just Maniac remembered. Cop so fucking good. And there's one, and I can't. I, I'm not going to Google it right now because I'll get the FBI. I'll be knocking on my door. <laughs> but there's a, there's a B movie, and I'm pretty sure it was a horror movie. Might have been a sci-fi. Okay, where something happens, and this beautiful woman who's like obsessed with plastic surgery or something mm-hmm. melts into a puddles of boob and butt with just like a face in the middle. Hmm. And I'll have to find it and bring it up on a future episode for something. I know but what kind of porn you like. It's a terrible. No, it's a B. It is. It's a B movie, and the whole, like the acting in it's terrible. But then they do like some special effects like this that are just goofy looking. Yeah. But it's just like what the. F- There's just so many times you say what the fuck. I yeah. never put it on the Mount Rushmore, but it's just like every time I see that movie on, I watch it and now I can't remember the name of it. Also, what? too, uh, you just jog- jogged my memory. Uh, Tokyo Gore Police. Yeah, that's a good Fantastic. One. A good one. And the Meatball Machine. Never uh, saw that one. Uh, in the same vein as Tokyo Gore Police. Okay. The same. And then now, too, uh, Psycho Gore Man. Yeah, that's a good fantastic. one. That's okay. a good one. We could be here all day. So, Adam, we have eight killer movies to put together. So, we got to pick a top four. And Puddle I'll- of boobs and butts. <laughs> and I want to say... That since you put uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Basket Case back-to-back, that you have the better list. So I'm going to give you the unchallenged number one spot. It's going to be... I know it was on your list, too, so it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That is fair. I know we'll get a lot of hate and people say it should be the first one, but I have more fun watching the second one. Yeah. I think the second one didn't take itself as seriously, and that's what made it the most fun. Lick my metal plate, you dog. <laughs> Do you like music? <laughs> so uh, I think for number two, I want to go with a fun one here because um, it's close to my heart. I want to put Reanimator at number two. I will allow it. Wonderful. Uh, Herbert West deserves his. That was also on my list. Yeah. I think that's the only one you said that was on my list, though. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, what I was going to say to really throw you out, I was going to say Reanimator 2 because it was so much worse than the first. So bad. Really bad. Like, I mean, Rocky Horror would have been, but it's just not one of my personal favorites. Like, yeah. I like it, but not for, I, yeah, way more that were better than that. For, I think, for like, me personally. And yeah. same with Killer Clowns. I love that movie, but it just wasn't making my. And that's like why I think whenever I go to do this thing, I always have two that I want to try to put on here that I'm going to try to push to the Mount Rushmore, but I also want to pick two that makes me stay true to the things I like as we would go back and look at uh, the New Age Outlaws making my. Uh, oh my gosh, so fucking terrible. <laughs> so freaking terrible. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Who you got for number three? Um, between Planet Terror and Basket Case, Hatchet's just a little too new. Yet. Yeah, I was going to agree with that. Um, so I don't think that, I don't know if Basket Case is popular enough, but I don't think Planet Terror's B-movie enough. So I'm going to vote up Basket Case. Uh, I could agree with that, but I think you're not giving Hatchet enough credit because Hatchet and Planet Terror kind of came out. Almost around the same time. Oh, you know time. what? You're certainly right. I'm just thinking yeah. that series wrapped up yeah. more recently. But you're right. The, actually, Hatchet's older, I think, by a year. I think so, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Plant Terror was the first uh, first Grindhouse movie to premiere. You know what? Yeah, let's uh, let's go with Hatchet then. Okay. Because, I mean, that's it really like reinvigorated just a schlocky slasher and... That's what I was thinking I too. It. I think it really brought back uh Where Basket Case is just fun, like a good yeah. giggle. It's just a terrible fucking movie. It's a real I watch it, of a B movie. I watch it yeah. multiple times a year. 
I just, I honestly, basket case is like a roller coaster at Kennywood. Just put your fucking hands up and enjoy. Yeah, enjoy it. I guess that's all it is. Um, hear me out. It's like if you want Rocky Horror Picture Show with none of the acting and none of the music, <laughs> you watch Basket Case. That oh, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Rocky Horror Picture Show minus all the talent. You watch Basket <laughs> yeah, Case. There you go. Basket Case. Uh, hear me out. I'm making a pitch for this. I want to say number four belongs to Motel Hell. Oh, dude, you have like that one's so obscure compared to the rest of your list. I know, but the only reason why I want to say Motel Hell is because it was. If you look at this list of B movies, it's the epitome of the, oh, B, the B movie, movie. and that's why I want. Yeah, to where Rocky Horror Picture Show is just like, I. I'm not saying it's not a B movie, but it's almost into like cult classic. Yeah, and it's almost beyond that. Like it's yeah, almost just popular now. Well, it's but made, it just wasn't popular. Then. No, it makes more money now than it ever. Like yeah. t- almost thirty years or so past when it was re- probably more now. I'm I'm giving it that movie's in the 1980s. What 1990s? No, that was 80s for sure. Was it 80s? Let me yeah. Look it up real quick for you. So my pitch is for Motel Hell. Um, I think that it it shines as the the epitome of a B movie in this list. I think we went on Ooh, and named some other things. We were both wrong. Yeah. There's a real reason it didn't do well when it came out. 1975. Lots of homophobia. Yeah. That's a really, really uh, progressive for the time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Good job, guys. That's why Tim Curry looks like shit now. He is old. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He, he aged like. He's having some health problems. That's yeah, he is, man. He aged like milk really quick. I mean, I, it just happened out of nowhere. Because if you remember, like. He was 45 years old for fucking 70 years. Right. And right. then all of a sudden, like, I, I know he has some health problems, so get. I hope he's fine. I hope he gets better. But, I, I mean, he just, like, rapidly declined. So are, are you accepting my pitch for Motel Hell, sir? I will because yes. on your list, it's my f- – well, it's not my favorite. Reanimator is my favorite, but that's already on the Mount Rushmore. Um, but Motel Hell is definitely my second place out of what you threw up there. Wonderful. As far as B horror movies go. Yeah. Do I think Rocky Horror is a better movie? Yes. Yeah. It's probably the best overall movie on the list. I would, but, um, yeah, yeah. From start, I don't know. Killer Clowns yeah. from Outer Space is really, yeah. <laughs> also very progressive. For very this progressive. Time. Yes, clown porn wasn't a thing until they came out. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so for the Mount Rushmore of B movies, the boys bring you Texas Chainsaw Massacre two coming into the top spot. Reanimator bringing up on the second side here. Hatchet reclaiming the modern uh, B-movie slasher, and Motel Hell bringing back to a classic that lets you know that if you get trapped in a hotel, make sure you know where they bury the bodies. Check out those movies. Smush them together with the other four we just gave you for horror movies featuring pro wrestlers, and you have yourself a weekend and probably a couple extra days of movie watching ahead of you. Motel Hell is uh, sneakily long. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah. You kind of think like, this is where it stops. <laughs> nope. Nope. There's more. <laughs> so I always ask you guys for listeners, questions, comments, and whatevs. And uh, we got another great review. Again, you can uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Search out to King uh, with the boys on Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. It doesn't take a lot for you to do it, but it means the world to us. Um, just so you don't know, it puts us in a rotation with some of the higher end podcasts and where people get to hear us. So please like, subscribe, rate, comment. So... Adam, this is what he said about us. Booze and fights always go hand in hand. Enjoyed the show a lot. Good, crisp audio kept me engaged. The comments and one-liners are great, and it makes me want to crack open a beer at 8 a.m. What a nice review. 
Yeah, we have some nice people that listen to us. We certainly do. And then we have people who edit the notes. And I can't agree more <laughs> that booze and fights always go hand in hand. Yeah, they go hand in hand. And then you change it. You're trying to get me. You're I'm not try- trying to do nothing. <laughs> Matt, what are you talking about? You blew you tried to blow me up. You tried to blow me up. How dildo you keep your kids entertained during COVID time. Why would you write that? I don't know why. It said did do and I read <laughs> As I was like going through the notes yeah. earlier, I was like, I read it as still no. So I just changed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you're worried about the FBI finding you <laughs> for Googling liquid butts and tits? Uh, it's a puddle of boobs and butts. <laughs> Thank you God. very much. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. Use the right terminology. So the question was, how do you keep Respect kids? Respect my pronoun. <laughs> Lick a puddle of boobs and butts is your pronoun? <laughs> you know what? It is now. Yes, it is, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, it is. So the question was, how do you keep uh, kids entertained during COVID times? And I would say, too, Adam, to put it in your in your spectrum, too, uh, how do you keep your puppy entertained? Because because I don't have kids. Yeah, you don't have kiddos. Yeah. But you have a puppy who definitely, Tucky, really wants your attention all the time. So I'm sure you have to do something to keep him entertained while you're – because you still work primarily from home. Yeah, so it's yeah. Me, me and him are hanging out a lot. He's my – He's my dog. He's your ride or die. He's my ride or die. He's my coworker now. <laughs> um, and he throws up on the carpet sometimes. But, uh, no, I, you know, just keeping him active. Uh, he likes to go out. Sometimes he wants to go outside and play fetch. And sometimes he wants to go outside and just lay in the sun like a sack of dog. Yeah. So just I just let him out there and watch him. We have a gate, thankfully. So if I got to get some work done, I can just drop him out there for a couple minutes. And That's cool. Bring him in when I hear him borking. Yeah. Well, and it's just tougher. Like, walks. He loves walks. But, like, he's he gets winded real quick, especially yeah. when it's hot outside. So, walks when it was cool enough. But yeah, since I'm working from home, like, usually by the time I get off, it's hot as hell. Well, it was yeah. in the summertime. It's but, yeah, fall and spring, now. we yeah. yeah, we've been walking him a ton. It's cool. Uh, for my kids, I, I believe in very simplistic things. Keeps them very entertained. Bubbles and balloons. I get. I have two bubble guns. I load the bubble guns every morning before I leave for work, and by the time I come home, the bubble guns are completely empty. They are tired. They play. Uh, Thank you, Bluey. They play Keepy Uppy. Oh God, you have so, you're saying so many B words right now. I know, but I'm not saying like a fat person yet. I'm close to being like Belinda has a brooch. My kids play with balloons and bubbles. But yeah, um, a puddle, a puddle of boobs and butts. So I keep them entertained with bubbles and balloons. Yeah. Uh, bu- bubbles are number one because it's like they're making the bubbles. So they like that. And it's, there's like no mess to clean up because they're playing outside with them. And then the balloons can be played with in- indoors. So rainy day, they play keepy uppy with each other. Things again, bluey. Oh, you, can play with, you can play with bubbles indoors if you want to slip and break your face in the kitchen. Yep. And then go to the emergency, <laughs> emergency room. room. Yeah, we'll play you'll doctor. Be the, you'll be in the bed right next to Jeff Hardy's dog. <laughs> No, you won't. That dog's not going beds. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. If you want to keep puppers entertained, keep them active and keep kids entertained, just give them simple things to play with. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, and also, the last question here is, why don't you guys cover MMA more often? Uh, I want to just go ahead and just say this right now. Be mad at me if you want to. The cards fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, there's been a real lack of... I mean, even with them bringing back stars like... Uh, Nick Diaz recently. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't have its the pizzazz it did. I guess it's still doing. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know what their pay-per-view buy numbers are. Um, yeah, I'd love to do it again, but we just need a sexy card to cover. Yeah. I, I like it. I think we do I think we do a pretty okay job at covering combat sports in yeah, general. Yeah, a little. A, a couple problems happened where AEW signed some big freaking talent, so that's yep. dominated the news cycle for us the last couple weeks. But I'm sure we'll get back to it once. Yeah. MMA. Haven't heard of her. So... <laughs> Adam, speaking of hearing what's going on, what the hell is on tap and where can you find us? We got nothing. Well, we got a little bit of Apple Fritter on tap here in the Jigitorium, but that's about it. Uh, everything's going to a wedding we're doing um, in a few weeks. And then a, uh, after that, October 16th, it's going to the Steel City Big Pour, um, which we'll promote on the next episode, I think, because we're getting there. And uh, we'll have the sweet potato casserole brown ale there. As well as some Jejunator. Oh, great combo. And then um, right at the beginning of November, November 6th, we'll be Drink the Cookie Table. And that's all we got on the agenda for now. Then it goes right into stout season. Yep. And that's when we lock ourselves away in the uh, in the brew lab and make crazy stuff. Yeah, it's actually, it's stout season's not starting on the taps yet, but I think next week it's starting in the brewery. Yes. So. We're get that thing rolling. And if you want to find out what's rolling in the brew lab, all you have to do is uh, follow Adam at Bash underscore brew on all social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and I force him to go on Twitter. Also follow him on untapped. I try. If you want to know what's going on with the boys, just follow us at DecayNWTV on all social media. It's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to send in your listener questions, comments, and whatevs to DecayNWTV at gmail.com. So from the Judgeatorium to wherever you are listening to this wonderful podcast, enjoy the horror movies and cheers. Cheers. And everybody uh, hit up my GoFundMe and send me to rehab. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. This is why we do a podcast. This is it. Happy International Podcasting Day, Adam. <laughs> Happy International Podcasting Day, Matt. I'm glad I could be on my absolute least best behavior. Wow. <laughs>